So Alex pulls over and he comes to the passion side. He goes, where is she? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> he looks down at the floor and she's just like wriggling and not crying yet. And at that point, panic kind of set in. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. If you have experienced pregnancy and childbirth in the past, or if you're looking forward to it, what was or is something that caused you a bit of anxiety regarding childbirth? One of the things that I was concerned about was getting to the hospital in time. Chelsea Roth is with us today and shares her story of delivery of her baby two months ago on the 126 highway. We are here today with Chelsea Roth, and I am really excited about this interview. It is different than the interviews that we have done, and... Chelsea is an amazing storyteller, and she has an amazing story, and she so graciously agreed to come on and share with us her experience. It was just about two months ago, so this is, is going to be a lot of fun. Chelsea, would you introduce yourself and maybe how many kids you have? Yeah, so my name is Chelsea Roth. I am a teacher currently on maternity leave. Um, but I have a two and a half year old, very rambunctious son named Lincoln. And we have a just over two month old daughter named Lillian. And my husband and I were both teachers. So this is really great. She has a story and it is centered around parenting, but it's centered around the very beginning of a parenting story. (laughs) 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 And she actually, not intending to, gave birth to her last baby in her car on the way to the hospital. And it is such a fun, I'm sure not fun for her, (laughs) maybe in in retrospect. (laughs) But, you know, we've all dreamed, Chelsea, of what happens if I don't get to the hospital in time? You know, that's one of the parents, or moms especially, biggest fears because of this very situation. And did you ever think that? Did you ever wonder, am I going to get to the hospital in time? Um, When I got in the car to go to the hospital, I think that's when it hit me that I wasn't going to make it. Uh Uh (laughs) But that was, I did not think that was going to be my story at all. And even after it happened, I kept saying, that's my story. I can't can't believe that happened to me. (laughs) So in any of your pregnancies, you never anticipated that could have happened? No. No, I thought it was something that just happened in movies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So how did it all start? Start back at the beginning of this great story. Well, to give a little context, because people always say, why didn't you go sooner? So my husband, Alex, he comes from a long lineage of teachers and nurses and doctors. And so he's really into anatomy and he teaches those kinds of classes. And so with our first, I wanted to give birth in a bathtub with a midwife and he wanted to deliver the babies. I'm one of five. My mom gave birth to all five of us naturally and had very fast labors. So with our first, with Lincoln, we wanted it to be a water birth with a midwife and do the whole thing. But he was two weeks late. He was large. He was eight pounds, 13 ounces. He had a 95th percentile for head circumference. And I was at 10 centimeters for six hours and he wasn't coming. So I ended up having to be transported to the hospital 20 hours later and an epidural later, he arrived 
and we were healthy and fine, but it definitely was not the birth experience that I had wanted. And that was probably more traumatic for my husband than it was for me. So with our second, we agreed we would have a hospital birth just in case, but still try to do it without an epidural just to see if my body could. So I went three days before my due date for my check and the doctor said, it's Dr. Cole. He felt uh, my abdomen and, and said, her head feels really low. Are you having any contractions? And it was the last week of school before that. So I was on my feet all the time. I just thought I was cramping, but it was just like warmups. So then he asked if he could do an internal check and he said, this is great. And I said, what? And he said, you're already three centimeters. And I said, I am. And he said, yeah, and I'm touching her head. And I was like, wow. And he goes, so you're going to have a baby today. And he said, do you mind if I strip your membranes just to get it going? I was like, sure. So he does that. And he says, okay, if you go into labor, call me, I'll meet you at the hospital. If not, come back at 2.30 and I'll check you again. So I call my husband, tell him. And then I went to Costco and... And I went to my girlfriend's house to drop off three big bins of maternity clothes that I didn't need anymore. And I went home and did laundry and did dishes and cleaned the house. And you weren't having pain. I was having some small contractions, but I apparently have a very high pain tolerance. So (laughs) I didn't really think anything of it because in my head, even if I was about to go into active labor, Lincoln's labor was 20 hours. So I just kept thinking like, just stay at home and distract yourself as long as possible, just so that you don't spend 20 hours in the hospital and whatnot. So I was cramping, but it wasn't that bad. And then two o'clock rolls around. And so we're getting, my husband and I are getting ready to go to the doctor's office for him to check me again. And he says, any contractions? I go, I mean, they feel like menstrual cramps, but they're not terrible. He says, okay, well, let's check you. He checks me and he goes, you're progressing. You're four centimeters now. And her head is even lower. And so he takes his glove off and he says, okay, here's the deal. If I were you, I would go to the hospital right now, but you are the mom. You get to decide what you want to do. And he said, you're four centimeters. Her head's low. This baby's coming faster than you think it's going to come. And so if you go to the hospital, pretend that you're in pain. And I looked at him. <laughs> How do you do that? And so then he modeled it for me. He like <laughs> grabbed his back and grabbed the counter and was like, oh, hold on. I can't, I can't talk right now. <laughs> so it's really funny to find this male doctor enacting how I should be expressing my feelings. Right, right. And he said, because I don't want you to have a baby in the car. And so... <laughs> My husband, Alex, goes, so we're going to have a baby today? And and Dr. Cole goes, yes, yes, you're definitely going to have a baby by tonight. And so then he leaves and he goes, call me. I'll see you at the hospital. And so I look at Alex and this was about three o'clock. Our son was with my mom in Santa Paula. And then my sister owns her own hair salon in Santa Paula. And my husband and son had four o'clock hair appointments. So Alex (laughs) goes, what do you want to do? And I said, you have a hair appointment. Let's go. get your hair done. So I don't go to the hospital. Instead, I drive away from the hospital and go to Santa Paula. And we visit with my mom and I'm walking up and down the stairs at her house. And we pick up my toddler who was with my mom. We then drive the one exit away to my sister's salon. And by then, Lori, I 
I knew I was progressing. I could feel it, <laughs> but I didn't feel like I was in labor because I could still talk. Wow. I could still walk. I was hungry. I wanted to eat something. So we arrived to my sister's salon, which is also on her property at her house at 3.55 p.m. And I walk into the salon for my son and husband's hair appointments. And my other sister was there and they're like, oh my gosh, you're going to have a baby tonight. And <laughs> I, I was talking and then I felt one pretty intense contraction. And uh -huh. so I didn't want to be in the salon. So I just said, I'm going to go into your house and get a cliff bar because I'm hungry. And so, and my midwife was texting me as well, just saying like, how are you doing? Make sure you're eating and drinking fluid. And so I walk into the house and my sister's babysitter was also her doula and her name's Grace. And so Grace goes, Hey, Chels. And I go, hi, Grace. And then she could tell by the way I was talking that I would, I, I no longer wanted to talk. I just started to go into like concentration tunnel vision. Yeah. And so I walk from my sister's front door to her kitchen. And by the time I grabbed a cliff bar, I took one bite of it. And then I went into a deep squat on the kitchen floor. <laughs> and Grace goes, how are you doing? And I'm breathing. And I go, I'm just, I'm hungry. I think I need to pee. And then I, and she goes, what do you need from me? I said, can you time these for me? And Lori, I don't, I had only taken one bite of a cliff bar and I couldn't get back up to take another bite. And so oh. at that point I'm in a deep squat and then I'm on all fours on my sister's kitchen floor and Grace is timing them for me. And we all know the doctor's rules of the 411 or the 311. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, they need to last for a minute. They need to be lasting for an hour and it needs to be a few minutes apart. And so Grace times them and she says, okay, they're a minute long and they're 20 seconds apart. And I said, wow. okay, That's well, they're fast. not, yeah, but my brain went backwards. I said, well, they're not three minutes apart yet. And she goes, they're not going to go three minutes apart, Chelsea. They're getting closer. And I was like, but it's not been for an hour. And she goes, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and she's trying to be really gracious because she's not my doula, uh -huh. but she also knows what she's talking about. And yeah. I'm not, co at this point, I'm not logical. Yeah. And I just say, okay, whatever. I just need to pee. And she goes, okay, do you want my help? And I said, yeah, but every time I went to go stand up, I would have another contraction. So it couldn't, I couldn't get to the bathroom. And then she said, I'm just warning you when you pee, you will likely be releasing a bulge that is holding Lillian's head in and you will want to push. And I, all I said was, I don't care. I just need to pee. So I waddled over to the toilet and I sat down to use the restroom. And the minute my bladder was empty, this deep baritone groan came out of my mouth that I have <laughs> never heard before. <laughs> and I hear, and my eyes closed, Lori, like I don't open my eyes. I remember the last thing I saw was I put my hand in front of me to grip the sink from the toilet. Uh -huh. And Grace goes, Chels, you Okay. And I couldn't speak. And she goes, you need to push, don't you? And I said, go get Alex, go get Alex. And she goes, okay, I'm going. And she was very calm. But my sister said when she walked into the salon, she was not calm. <laughs> and she was like, Alex, you need to go. She's pushing. We need to go. Well, at this point, my sister had just clipped my husband's side <laughs> of the head. Like not styled it. And my sister was like, no, you can't go like this. 
And she goes, let me just give me a minute. Let me clean it up. So she quickly cleans up the sides of his hair. And at this point, she now says she wished she didn't because we would have made it to the hospital. But I would have made it to the hospital and given birth in the lobby. Like Uh I wouldn't have been in a room. So anyway, at this point, my eyes don't open until I'm in the car again. But I felt my sister's hands on my back. I heard her shoes because she wears very trendy clogs. And um, I had my brother-in-law on one arm and my husband on the other arm. And when they asked my brother-in-law, they said, oh, so you helped Chelsea get to the car? And they asked a question. And he said, yeah, but it took like 10 minutes because she had like five contractions on the way to the car. <laughs> and he got home from work. And he said the first sound he heard was that deep groan from the bathroom. <laughs> and he was like what is happening in my house? (laughs) Yeah, they got me to the car and I get in the passenger seat, which note to self, if you think you're going to give birth in a car, get in the back seat. Oh, Um, so bucket seats. uh, No, it was my husband (laughs) was a Prius. So (laughs) I'm in the passenger seat of the Prius. And earlier that day, we actually joked about taking my car because my car has the leather seats. Cause he said, I don't want to take my car. What if your water breaks in my car? <laughs> and so I said, okay, let's take the Venza. And he said, no, we're going to be driving all over. The Prius gets better gas mileage. Let's just take my car. Well, then I gave birth on his cloth seats <laughs> in the car. <laughs> don't worry. We got it cleaned. So we get in the passenger seat of the car. I instinctively roll to my left to be on my side and put my right foot up on the dashboard but the car keeps beeping at me. So I put on my seatbelt and my brother-in-law closes the door. They had laid down a towel. They called the doctor for me ahead of time to let them know we were on the way. And once I laid down on my side in the car, I felt these, I, so I had an, I had an epidural by the time it was time to push with Lincoln. Mm. So I didn't feel any urges to push because he wasn't Mm. low. I felt her so low that I said to Alex, in other words, but I will censor myself, that this is either going to be the largest bowel movement of my life or that is her head. And he starts freaking out. And the joke is my husband has never sped ever in his life. He goes 65 and 65 only. Well, he was going 90. And he kept saying, Waze says only 17 more minutes, Chelsea. Waze says only 15 more minutes. And I would go from these deep tunnel vision. It's like riding a roller coaster where it would go deep tunnel vision when I had this bearing down to push. And then once the urge to push was over, I would go high pitch, almost like a panic voice and say, she's coming, she's coming, she's coming. And then I would go like deep. And I was trying, honestly, I was trying not to push. I was trying to like hold my breath or like do Kegels, like keep her in to not let her come out. Cause I did not want to give birth in the car. Yeah. And that has made our bodies to work right. a certain way and we kind of can't argue with it. Yeah. And <laughs> that's been my conclusion with this. It was only four urges to push. So the first urge, I just panicked. The second one, I said, she's coming. I can't do anything about this. The third, I grabbed his hand and made him feel her head through my shorts. And that's when he said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And he starts pulling over because I think at that point her head was pretty much out but I had to rip my shorts off. So I ripped them off. How do you do that? I don't know. (laughs) I just, I just remember like trying to like, just get them off. And I think I wasn't wearing like full length jeans because I think that would have been really hard, but shorts were easy. 
Mm-hmm. And so Alex pulls over onto the shoulder off of the 126 exit to Main Street in Ventura. And that fourth urge, after I got my shorts off, I felt her come out. I felt my water break and all of her just fly out and I couldn't catch her. (laughs) And I don't know about anyone that's had an unepiduraled, a natural labor birth. Once the baby's out, it's like you come back to reality and your pain is kind of gone, but you're kind of exhausted. Yeah. And so I knew she was out of me. I knew I wasn't holding her. I knew Alex was driving, trying to park the car. And so logically I knew she was probably on the floor all by herself, but I couldn't get bend over to get her oh, at that poor, point. <laughs> and poor so, Chelsea, poor baby. Poor. I know. So Alex pulls over and he comes to the passion side and he goes, where is she? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> he looks down at the floor and she's just like wriggling and not crying yet. And at that point, panic kind of set in because if she's not breathing, I don't have any suction materials to clear out her nasal passages. Like, so Alex picks her up and puts her on my chest and then he starts waving down cars. And I look at him, I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm getting help. And I go from civilians, like (laughs) she's already here. What are they going to do? Like he goes, well, what do you want me to do? I go get back in the car and drive. And he goes, okay. So then he's like laying on his horn. I'm completely naked. And we're a low Prius next to all these like big trucks. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure many people in Ventura saw everything about me. Oh. <laughs> and my feet are up on the dashboard. She's still obviously attached. And I just keep going, okay, she needs to cry. I need skin to skin and I need to keep, keep her warm. So I find a sweater in the back and I cover her. I lift up my shirt so that she can be on my chest. And I'm like hitting her back. And I finally hear her cry which at that point I then calmed down mm-hmm. and then, okay. Alex, yes. And then Alice called 911 just to tell them what happened. So <laughs> they asked all the checklist questions and they said, do you need somebody? And we said, no, we're two minutes from the hospital. And so when we arrived at the hospital, it felt like there were like 50 doctors outside, <laughs> but Alex tells me there were only like 12 but that's 12 is still a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so lots of scrubs outside in the hospital emergency room roundabout pull through. And so Alex gets out and he waves his arms. And what we realized was the nurses and doctors who were there, half of them were my doctor's nurses expecting Dr. Cole's patient who's in labor. Uh-huh. The other half were the call from 911 <laughs> that a woman gave birth in the car. And so they were trying to figure out who I was. And then they realized they were all there for the same person. And mm-hmm. I remember one nurse in particular got real calm. And she goes, oh, the baby's here. And she turns around and she looks at all of her colleagues and goes, the baby's here. <laughs> and like with those big eyes of you guys know what to do, but let's not freak her out. And so at that point is when Alex started to cry because he... Oh. The emotional strain was just overwhelming. Yeah, It wasn't his responsibility anymore. And they asked me if I was okay. I said, yes. They said, can you walk? I said, yes. And I just kept her on my chest. They were so gracious and tried to get me out of the car and cover me with blankets. And I looked at one of the nurses and I said, I don't care. (laughs) I'm so tired. 
I just got her out just of get me. me where I'm supposed to just be. Get me on the gurney and take me wherever I'm supposed to go. And then I had a moment of clarity and I looked at one of my nurses. I said, do you work with Dr. Cole? And she said, yeah. And I said, tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> and she said, why? And I go, because he told me not to do this. <laughs> so they wheel me through the emergency room up the elevator to labor and delivery. Alex didn't come up with me immediately because he had to fill out paperwork. And then Dr. Cole walks in, in all of his scrubs and his mask, and he just shakes his head. <laughs> and I look at him and I go, I'm sorry. And he pulled his mask down and he said, what did I tell you? And he said, not to have the baby in the car. And he said, and what did you do? I said, I had the baby in the car. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, you obviously have a very high pain tolerance. If there's another baby... You may not go that far away from the hospital. You need to go to the hospital sooner. And then he eases up and he goes, well, whatever. Anybody can deliver a baby. It takes an expert to deliver the placenta. So let's get this thing out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So then he delivered the placenta, which again, with Lincoln, I had the epidural, so I didn't feel it. And oh my word, after you've already delivered a baby and you're like, not in tunnel vision anymore. When they press on your abdomen like that. Oh, it's painful. Not fun. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> not. So my mom arrives because we had invited her to be in the room. Obviously, there was no room for her to be in. So she arrives <laughs> and, and then Alex is back to his normal extroverted winsome self and is telling the story to everybody. And they go to press to get the clots out. And he wasn't there for the first few clots, but then he was there for one of them. And so I was squeezing his hand and this one was an extra clotty one where a lot of sound was happening. <laughs> and he goes, whoa, so cool. And like, he goes down there and looks at all of it and then is laughing, which meant the nurse and I got the giggles. But if I'm laughing, they can't press on my stomach. And so we all just keep laughing. And then finally the nurse looks at him. And she goes, um, excuse me, sir, I'm going to need you to leave because I need her to stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun and then every person that came in were like oh you're the one that had the baby in the car we heard about you and then they were all very confused because all of her tags had her name instead of baby roth because she was admitted as her own person because she wasn't <laughs> born in oh. hospital and then on the birth certificate it says place of birth car Location of birth 126 highway. <laughs> oh. oh, so does that mean you have to pay larger hospital bill for two people rather than one? I thought so. No, but I did have to pay ridiculous amount for the emergency room. And I called and said I wasn't ever in the emergency room. And they said, well, the admitting doctor was an emergency room doctor. And so you have to pay the emergency room fee. So oh. it's a good thing we have good insurance. But yeah, that's good. Uh, but the overall bill was drastically cheaper than my first labor because I didn't have any intervention. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. nice. Nice that she's here, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice that it went fast for yes. a few reasons. But... Yeah, I I prayed a lot beforehand that this birth would be just smoother. And I really wanted to know if my body could do it. I mean, the epidural with Lincoln was fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it relaxed me, allowed him to come. But I wanted at least once to feel what labor was like. And wow. two things were super encouraging for me. One, like you already mentioned, that my body knew what to do. 
And even though I was trying not to, God designed my body to give birth and I could do it. And then two, I so wanted to do it naturally. And it was really wonderful. So they test you for group B strep. And if you have group B strep, you have to be on an IV antibiotic uh, for a number of hours before you deliver the baby. And I tested positive for group B strep with Lincoln, but I tested negative with Lillian, which meant I was way less anxious about getting to the hospital because I didn't need antibiotics. Uh I vomited the whole time I was in labor with Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was from the antibiotics or something making me nauseated, which then also meant I was on an IV for fluid. Whereas with Lillian, I didn't have to be on anything. And so I was just really grateful that God answered that prayer request for me. Not that he answers all of ours, but that was really encouraging for me because I now know I can do it. And I don't want to give birth in the car next time, (laughs) but I will be in the back seat if that happens. And I would take her birth over my son's birth anytime. Yeah, His his was really hard and hers was not unpainful, but it was easy. Definitely shorter. Oh yeah. I went from four centimeters to her out in less than an hour and a half. Less than an hour and a half. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Cause he checked me at three o'clock and I was four centimeters and she was born at 428. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Chelsea, I just, I love this story. I love it. And I love the way you tell it. It, Thank you. (laughs) That is, I'm sure, something that probably a lot of moms think about when they're Mm -hmm. pregnant. Mm -hmm. And just to hear the story and hear a survivor. Yeah. (laughs) And how is Lillian doing now? Oh, she's so wonderful, Lori. She's smiley and happy and healthy. She had nothing wrong with her. And she's just a really relaxed personality. She's just so sweet. very, yeah. yeah, very sweet. Well, this was absolutely fabulous. I think that many will be encouraged and maybe a little bit entertained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are so grateful that you came and shared with us today. That well, was thanks for asking me. Really fun. Really fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Very well, good. thank you, Lori. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And we'll talk to you again. Okay, bye. bye. Wow, what a story. I never get tired of listening to Chelsea. Just a reminder that you can go check out Kids Strength for Life with the number four.com, kidsstrengthforlife.com, and you'll find lots of resources there. So until next week, remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm-hmm.